Welcome to the podcast of the Renew Community. We strive to be a Jesus community who cares about the things Jesus cares about. This podcast was recorded at our last gathering. Teaching like this is how we worship together every other week. We look to the scriptures seeking to become more like Christ. We're glad you're listening. Loved what Michael said. Um, Do we believe the Spirit will show up today? Will he speak to us? We've had so much great worship. I feel that in many ways what I have prepared isn't quite where we need to go. I don't know how you prepare something to share, whether you hope to wing it like we hear God will give you something to say when you need it, when you're taken before the courts. But I tend to look and try and listen to what's going on round about me. What is the Spirit trying to say? So all sorts of things happen this week or these past 10, 15 days. And even this morning, as we went and shared in the upper room, we were looking at the book of Romans, which is very different to our experience that we've just had. When we read it, we said, where on earth is this coming from? What is this all about? How on earth can we relate to it? As you see, the Spirit, and I've decided I don't want to call the Spirit, I want to call it, call him Spirit by a name that is his name. He comes and he acts in different ways. And Peter was empowered as all the disciples had been filled, and then they left. The Spirit pushed them out, and they are out there, and everybody's saying, what a hullabaloo, what on earth is going on? Because they heard the sound. And then Peter was able to preach. And they were able to understand what he was preaching because they were Jews, mostly or they had come and they were living in a Jewish part of town, so they understood about the law, the prophets, and everything else. But the Spirit was there so that when Peter preached, and it could have been pretty boring, we don't really know, (laughs) but we hear, but it's the Spirit that communicates to our hearts. And that is my prayer for us this morning, that your hearts would have been touched because that is what the Spirit does. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like the blowing violent wind came from heaven and shook the whole house where they were sitting.
When the people heard Peter preach, they were cut to the heart. And they said, brothers, what should we do? Did you feel that today? What should we do? And Peter says, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. And you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit because the promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off. For all who call upon the name of the Lord and all who the Lord God will call will be saved. What interesting words in that first chapter. Like the sound of a violent wind. In my early 20s, that's quite a long time ago. Probably most, most of you weren't born then. I hate to think. <laughs> Still think I'm 25, right? I just don't look it. I used to have great discussions about faith, God, church, the Bible. And I had a friend who would just love to goad me. He thought it was hilarious to have an argument. And one of his great talks was, I find God in nature when I'm out for a walk. In fact, to go on the golf course and see the sea on my right hand and the highlands on my left hand and play the golf, that's where I find God. And I smiled, but I didn't smile. I was probably internally hemorrhaging. <laughs> Because like some of the songs we've sung today, we can be like Jonah. Everything is great when the sun shines and the sea is calm. But when the storm comes or when the road is rough and steep, I'm reminded of a song that's probably before your time too. Who are you going to call? <laughs> Ghostbusters, yeah. <laughs> So some of you were alive when I was alive. <laughs> but you know, when there is a storm, who are you going to call? How do you relate to people who live outside of a house like this, where we feel and know the presence, when Jesus tells us to go out and be witnesses and I'm reading at the back of there, in all of Jerusalem, all of Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Who is this God? There are so many choices. It's like a great Scandinavian smorgasbord where all the food is out there, laid out deliciously. One giant pick and mixathon of your favorite religion. That is the culture that we live in. And that is the culture that the Spirit is encouraging us to go out and minister to. About 15 days ago, uh, we were getting ready for elders. 
elders meeting. And all of a sudden, the house began shaking. There was so much banging and clattering, I was afraid to go into the bathroom. But when I opened the bathroom, water was pouring through the window because there was so much rain blasting. And the rat-a-tat-tat was the hail hitting. And I sort of quickly threw a towel there and then ran out and shut the door, frightened out of my wits because this raging thing this storm was all around. I went up to the church and found myself sort of vaguely moved. I've hardly ever been there. It's just about a mile from a house. It's famous. It was given by William Penn, and the church has been on that land since goodness knows when. But as I stood there, I saw the trees flat on the floor. Now, if you look carefully, and you can't really see it because... You know, it's like going to the Grand Canyon on a picture. You, well, that's nice. But when you go there, you think, oh, good grief. You know, a picture doesn't have a thousand words. I'm sorry. It doesn't communicate when you're standing in close to Toronto and looking over the Nile Falls. It's, that, it's as close as Cindy is. It's fearful. Who are you going to call? Hundreds of trees down, damage, no power. See, the problem was the ground was wet. And up that part of where we live, it's rocky. And the trees have very superficial roots. And in time of stress, they get knocked down. And it was just an incredible thing for me to see. You know, I love Psalm 29. Trees, the wind whips the trees to fury. He breaks the seas, he breaks the cedars of Lebanon, the God of heaven thunders. We with us cry, glory, 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 just like we did today. But they still have shallow roots. There's a guy called Barna who writes about. Christianity around the world, and especially America. And he says, in North America, Christianity is 3,000 miles wide and three inches deep. Now, it, it was okay, the apostles. They grew up. They were Jews. They knew all about the history. But all of a sudden, they are challenged to leave the house where they sang glory, 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 and start preaching. And then quickly we see it, Jerusalem, and begins to move to Antioch because they began to realize, for all who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. My wife and I spent a formative years being missionaries in China. And it was so difficult to communicate. I remember there was a guy I was trying to minister to. He had no idea what a sheep was. How could I talk about the Lamb of God being slain when he had no idea what a sheep was? So just like these disciples, I was having to think, how on earth do I communicate from being around people that know everything 
to people that know nothing. I love kids, and on Friday, my son sent me a picture of this little guy. I don't know if you could see him. You know, kids move you. When Ben talked the other week of his kids saying, I don't want to walk to school. And then this far down the road, it's a walking to school fun. <laughs> they have something, and they get fixated on it. And here is little Everett looking. What do you think he's looking at? Ants. Yeah, he is preoccupied with ants. They love stories. Everyone says, Grandpa, tell us a story. And us adults, we like stories too. In fact, we love Bible stories because they are what we learned when we were young. We got the information. Just think of some. Noah and his boat. Jonah and his whale. Joseph and his coat. Moses and the burning bush. We love them. We learn them. But as we grow older, we should expect to learn more and think more because that is what we are being called to do. You see, the bush didn't burn. And what do we do with questions like, why on earth is the Bible so long? Do we really need an Old Testament? Why did Jesus take, not get straight to the point and tell us his mission right away? Why was he walking around for three years? What's the purpose? What's the purpose of the church? That sort of question disrupts our normalcy. It disrupts our faith a little bit. But those are the questions that are being asked outside our walls today. Because the times of the New Testament are so similar to our times today. I think the Spirit just broke my heart this morning when we were looking at Romans saying, how do we understand this passage? What on earth has it got to do with 21st century people? And then my wife shared, well, so-and-so is living with his girlfriend, his high school sweetheart, and she's days away from giving birth to his children. And it just so happens that she has two other children by two other different men. How do I explain to my children how to live? Someone else piped up and said, how do I tell my children what bathroom to use? We are happy here because we are like the disciples, gathered, praying, in community, waiting for the Holy Spirit, being so blessed like we were this morning. But like nearly every story of the Holy Spirit speaking or God speaking, we are pushed out. 
What is the role of this Holy Spirit? Well, Jesus leaves us in no doubt. Because just before he goes to be killed, he gives these talks, these heart-to-heart talks to his disciples. Just before he has his high priestly prayer, where he pleads with, he pleads with his father. Well, you know some of the words. And he goes through with what he must go through. This is what he says to his disciples about the Holy Spirit. All this I have spoken while I am still with you. But the helper, the advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. When that advocate comes, I will send to you from the Father the Spirit of truth who goes out from us. He will testify about me, and you must also testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. All this I have told you so that you will not fall away. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. You will all leave me alone, yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me, and I am telling you these things so that you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. As American Christians, we're mostly happy in Jesus. Aches and pains with love healing. Sometimes, I think for most of us, there is deep hurts and pains tucked away inside. But our brothers and sisters around the world are in constant fear of who will knock on the door. This world, you will have trouble. But take heart, because I have overcome the world. The Spirit's role is to come alongside and be the helper. Now, I keep saying the Spirit because that is the habit of the vocabulary I, we use. But did you notice how Jesus said, he, 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 he. Well, you can almost see your children dancing because they're saying, ah, he, he, he. You see, there is a repetition there, and that is meant to get through our thick skulls that the person of the Holy Spirit is not some airy fairy ghost from the Middle Ages. He is a person. And he is a person in this thing Now, the disciples didn't know how to process that. But they knew the Father, they knew the Son, and they realized that the Spirit had been at work, was at work, and would be at work, and that he would come with power. In the Gospels, there are great stories of Jesus, and we can enjoy them. But gradually, those people drifted away and died. And the gospel went to these places. I couldn't say half of the places that my wife read. Pamphylia, 
I thought it was Cretans, but she said Cretans. Uh, the gospel had to go there. If you ask the O'Donnells there, Mike and Deanne, how on earth did they share the gospel in Turkey in an Islamic country? How on earth did we share the gospel with people who didn't really know the vocabulary? We had to think through. We had to look at the Old Testament. We had to process it. And so what we are given in the New Testament are the glorious stories of Jesus and then the glorious of the early church in the Acts of the Apostles. And then almost simultaneously, we have the epistles. And the epistles about how Christianity was described. So their letters are to the people or to the cities. Romans, Ephesians, Philippi, all with their different cultures, the gospel had to be translated into ways that they could understand. And not about Jesus, but going all the way back to the law prophets. Now, the disciples were pretty dumb too, because you remember on the road to Emmaus, Jesus was telling them everything about from the law and the prophets and how Jesus was to come. And they said, great, why don't you come in for dinner? And when they broke bread, the spirit opened their eyes and they left their meal and ran to tell that Jesus was alive and they had seen him. And Jesus goes through the same thing at the end of Luke, saying he told them everything. As adults, we can't be satisfied with the stories of Jesus as just the stories. We must look and see deeper. And that is where the Spirit comes in. Jesus said, he will lead you into all truth. Because Jesus doesn't make sense to a pluralistic society. Jesus doesn't make sense unless you know, and unless you're talking to people, and like the Holy Spirit, you're talking to their hearts. Let's have another picture. <laughs> there is this great creed, it's called the Nicene Creed. And it's great because it really says in a couple of words what I just read to you out of John's Gospel. But you and I, in contemporary culture, that is what we have. It doesn't make sense. It's mumbo-jumbo. Or we've repeated it so many times, we have never listened to it. The Holy Spirit the Lord, the giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son, and who is worshipped and glorified and even spoken of through the prophets. And so, in churches, we can repeat this over and over again. It's not the Spirit. That's about the Spirit. Those are the facts about the Spirit. But the Spirit speaks to the heart. How many times did we sing that today? The heart to heart, he convicts of sin, he gives us peace. 
he gives us joy. Come, take away the pain. Because the Spirit is God. And God is who? God is not what? God is not how to. But he is who? I keep wanting to go and, Cindy, you're in the wrong place. Because I tend to go and hug the nearest person. <laughs> Fortunately, my wife is over there. But, you know, when I look at my wife, you know, a long time ago, and I can't whether she believes me anymore, <laughs> you know, I said, you know, I, lo I love you. It was eyeball to eyeball looking in each other's hearts, and we realized we loved each other. And it was out of the abundance of our hearts that we came to say that. And that's what we make every couple who cancel before marriage. Well, sometimes, whatever. Is to look each other in the, look in each other in the heart and receive the message, I love you. And that is what the Holy Spirit is. He communicates to our heart. We have to know who he is. We have to know where he comes from. And then people will understand. I asked Doug, well, I asked several people in Renew what they thought, who they thought the Holy Spirit was. And Doug said, well, when I was young, I think, Doug, what did you think? Yeah, uh, I felt like the Holy Spirit was kind of controlling every little detail of my life, um, almost like I was a, a puppet and he was doing the puppeteering thing. That I think that's kind of what, what I really wanted, was someone to just make my hands move where they needed to and my feet and my head and things like that. What's the next one, Denise? Yeah, Good. So, On earth is... Okay. Yeah, uh, I would call this my teenage years of the Holy Spirit, uh, where I think it went from being in the space of he's controlling my every actions or I want him to, to kind of being very ambiguous and uh, almost like I couldn't quite grasp what it was. Didn't really fully have words or language to really understand. It just felt very, yeah, uh, abstract. And then finally, you, you got a little bit old. You're not old yet. You know, just look at no. me and then you'll be convinced. You're <laughs> the gray hair is coming. It's coming. Yeah, I think this picture um, in, this, in the, the series of three, this one was the one that I really think encaptured who the Holy Spirit is. Um, because, I, you know, I, I sit on the lap and the Holy Spirit is holding the instrument or my life in this, in this beautiful way. And I, I have this ability in this moment to either listen to the instruction and play along or disobey and do my own thing. But yet he's still present. He's behind me. He's with me. And he's instructing me in what it looks like to play a banjo. I also like banjos. But there's something so beautiful about the way the Spirit is with me, guiding me, leading me, teaching me in that moment. It's not abstract, it's not a puppeteer, but it's personal. Last it, week at House Church, I was going to ask some of the people who were in our house church, we talked about ascension, and it was incredible what people said. Yeah. 
well, I, I know something like that. Jesus goes up and there's a couple of men say, why on earth are you guys standing looking up into heaven? It's like they were having a wonderful worship. I'm looking up into heaven. And these two messengers of God say, why are you standing there? And we talked about what that meant for Jesus because it means he came down from heaven. He lived among us. He had dirty, sweaty Rare ends, needed to have his diaper changed, could have been child abused, cried, hungered for his mother's breast. He was really human. But then after he died, he was taken up to heaven to be with his father. And in doing that, he says quite clearly, when I am gone, the comforter, the helper, the one who comes alongside, he will be with you. To have these so-called in our vocabulary because that explains how great the Father's love for us that Jesus came and died. I have another picture I've seen before. This guy is looking at ants and you see the crack in the pavement and Ascension and Pentecost are like a crack somewhere. If the disciples hadn't got the foggiest clue what was going on, put yourself in their head. The guy was killed. He was stripped naked. He was put on show. He was beaten. He was blooded. And he was dying. He was dead. And it's over. It ain't going any further. But then as... The guy, the preacher down the front, it's Friday, but Sundays are coming. <laughs> they were freaked out because they didn't expect a resurrection. They went to the tomb with things, smelly things because you tend to go off pretty quickly. They didn't expect it. And then he messed around for 50 days, appearing and giving them breakfast and cooking fish and goodness knows what. And Peter jumps off stark naked, swims to shore, forgetting the clothes on. And then he just disappears in the sky. How can they get their head around it? You know, how can you get your head around it? We can be lost in wonder, love, and praise. Oh, and that's so good. But the Spirit is the one who... Go out of Jerusalem into Judea, Samaria, the parts of the world. And you see, there is a crack. And it gives us an opportunity for us to say, there is more. How can I look into it? A crack into a new universe. The universe of spirit ministering. The universe has created and whose mild vocabulary. One thing in common between my little picture and Doug's little picture is individuals, the spirit and me. But we are the renew community 
because God isn't one like a one thing or a monad. He isn't two like a husband and wife or a dyad. He is Trinity and three. And that is when community begins to be expressed when you have three people. It's like not having any children and all of a sudden you get them and your life is forever changed. God is a community. We are in a community. And we're struggling, like the early church, to put nuts and bolts on how to share what they know nothing about. What is it to love a spouse? What it is to be healed of abuse from a parent? What it is to recover from an awful accident or depression? And we find out that often that is in community. And isn't that what the disciples were doing? They were together in the upper room waiting and the spirit showed up. Well, I with no notes. <laughs> because you see, I think the Holy Spirit not only says go, paragraph of Revelation, it says the Spirit says come. You see, a Jesus hands are wide open because he wants to embrace us. And we are reminded of that every time we see the cross. With arms wide open, he'll welcome you into his community. And we are the body of Christ. Come, Holy Ghost, our souls inspire and set us aflame with celestial fire. Teach us to know the Father and Son and you of both to be but one. And through all the ages, all along, may our endless song be praise Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I tried to listen very hard to the worship today. I tried very hard to enter. But all my trying was of no use unless I let the Spirit touch my heart. And I set aside my notes. I had some connection with the pictures. But we wanted the Spirit to come. And I do believe that he has been amongst us because that's what he wants to do, to express the Father's love, how great the Father's love for us. Jesus, you are my everything. And Spirit is the guy that makes the rubber hit the road. He blesses us in the real hard places. May you be blessed because he is the one who comes alongside. When your kids are driving you mad and you say, why on earth did I adopt these peasants? I don't want to go to school. He is the spirit who comes alongside and says, Ben and Jenny, thank you for showing this world who I am by adopting these kids into your family. And many of us are doing the same thing. Why? See, Renew isn't your regular church. I want you to hear that. 
We are struggling to ask the questions. How can we show love and communicate to this culture round about us that says everything is fine, that is arguing, that is shaming each other, that is so polarized? And it's only when the Spirit is dwelling in us and we are allowing him to make a difference. Thank you for listening to the podcast of The Renew Community. This in no way should replace the formation within a community of Jesus followers. If you are looking for a church, would like more information about Renew, or would like to give financially to this ministry, check out our website at renewcommunity.org.